All right, welcome to the Monday Night Men's Forum. I am Matt, Farm Hop Life. Farm Hop Life. There we go. Uh, tonight we're talking about point of no return. Yeah, there's a typo. That's intentional. Uh, we got Christopher, securecoop.com, Alex, the Farm Engineer, Jeremy, at Dewey Like Donuts, Homestead of Pain, and Scott, Thriving the Future Podcast. Damn, we got a lot of people in here tonight. Awesome. Thanks, Dude, guys. Thanks for showing up. His, his camera on. <laughs> yeah, he did I it once. He got made fun of. Uh, no, I've done it, think, I think, twice. Right. All right. Uh, real quick, let's uh, let's do some personal events. Christopher, you're up. Yeah, so pretty boring week, but um, sat with the wife and talked about uh, my oldest son is turning 18 pretty soon. So we Whoa. sat down and talked about the goals for his life. And, you know, when he's 18, uh, he can make a lot of decisions for himself if he chooses. So, like, if he says, I'm just done with school or I want to leave, or whatever, we can't stop it, you know, and uh, so that changes the dynamic in a lot of it, it ways, you, you stem, you're, uh, with, an, with, a, with an adult in the house, you have to go like, okay, he can do what he wants, how can I still continue to guide him along, get him along the way, because he's not quite finished with school, and uh, the good news is that he is not uh, complaining about continuing to do school, because I said, the alternative, you know, if you decide you want to drop out, quit school you can just that the consequence of that is then you know you got to get a job <laughs> so uh so uh, uh, he's like yeah i don't i don't mind i'll just keep doing school and you know he can keep on and we'll just keep getting progress reports and make sure he's along the way so it's, it's an exciting time we're getting close to at least him finished up so nice yep. that is that's that's kind of like a that's something I don't even really want to think about right now. <laughs> it's coming your way. It's got, coming fast. I got too long. Yeah, yes, it's coming I'm afraid of. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Alex, welcome. Uh, first time on the men's forum. So, hey, uh, great to be here. You're, Thank you. You're in Tennessee. Is that right? That is correct. I'm up at the plateau. Sweet. So uh, wow. give, us a, give us a quick um, personal event, like something that happened this weekend. What did you get done? That kind of thing. Uh, all right. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, I found a new church. It's always good to find uh, people who uh, like to sing. I just pick churches that sing really well. That's all I care about. That's yeah, the best part for me. That's what matters the most. <laughs> I need to get, yeah, you gotta go wake up, man. So you hit me with a sermon. I'm just gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go back to sleep on a Sunday morning, man. I need Face to say, yeah. Where it's at. Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, bad news, uh, my ram died and I'm gonna say he had it coming. Uh, he died of worms and we tried to deworm him. I was, yeah. I was. Oh no, like, no, man, no, 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 no! A real. Oh man, I, yeah. If I, if I had lost a truck, that'd be way worse than losing this guy. Um, he's a good oh, guy. Man. He was just a big dumb. He's like Lenny from of Mice and Men. So when we tried to deworm him last time, he like bucked and attacked us and all this. He just absolute belligerent. Um, so we didn't get dewormed last time. You know, on a six month schedule, and uh, he Whoops. succumbed to worms. Unfortunately, it was a grisly thing, but that's how it goes. I had to, I had to dispose of the body over on Buzzard Hill. Um, and other than that, you know, uh, I had a 20 for 20, uh, success rate with Orpington chicken. So now I'm a big Orpington fan. Uh, they are hearty. They are friendly. Uh, I haven't seen their egg quality yet. I heard they're not as good layers as barred rocks, but they don't try to attack me like the barred rocks do. Um, so things are moving along, learning some lessons. Just, just good kick stuff. They don't attack you anymore. Oh man, I've got this one uh, uh, suicidal rooster who is uh, a Cornish, like oh, a proper. The rooster, that's a different story. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. The rooster, you can't fix it. Now, he... yeah. No, I just can't. He's afraid of me. So. Oh really? He built yes. <laughs> he built the fear of God in him, huh? Oh yeah. 
Nice, nice. Long I gotta, story I gotta try that. One. Okay, maybe another time. That'd be good. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we we jumped all out of order. I don't know. People jumped in, so we got rearranged. Uh, Scott, your looks like you're next. Okay, so it was 108 degrees this weekend in Kansas. Whoa. 122 uh, heat index this morning. I think it was 100% humidity, and uh, yeah, not much else going on. Lost a chicken, and just hot. At one point, lost the, the chicken from the heat. Yeah, at one point the car said it was 116 outside, but I think that was because we were in the parking lot. Just the yeah. heat from the ass from the blacktop. <laughs> yeah, people want to pay... know why the, the earth is heating up. Well, it's because of all the blacktop. Yeah, you pay paradise and put in a parking lot, then you get right? then you get heat and you get Hurricane Harvey runoff like See, uh, in Houston. It is man made climate change. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, Scott. Yeah, Good we've got you. a we've got a problem like down uh, southwest of Wichita where all the storms brew up is a is like a huge wind farm and it totally messes up the doppler radar <laughs> so is that is that the wind farm or is that a tornado coming this way that's a little bit of both it's it's increasing the tornado yeah yeah it's it's spawning the tornado <laughs> yeah good to ha good to have you here it's been a little while yep thanks uh john howdy what am i saying just a just a personal event like uh what'd you do this weekend what'd you get done um i got my freezer fixed so my walk-in yes. is uh is now freezing so that's good i hey. also uh fixed the uh transmission on my uh mixer grinder but then something else broke on it the uh the infeed auger uh so that's a bummer um I think uh, one of the uh, I, I got some YouTube videos posted, and if I remember correctly, uh, one of you guys were asking me about my chicken tractor. So I did some uh, uh, in-depth, uh, like what's my chicken tractor look like, uh, what some of my systems are that make it operate. So if you guys want to jump over to my YouTube channel and see how I do that, maybe it's something you could incorporate on a smaller scale and and uh, work for your homestead. Well, then. there you are. I just subscribed. Just, All right, super. I did I didn't know you had a uh, had a YouTube, so everybody yeah, go yeah, and subscribe yeah. to just Amber Oaks Ranch YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah, Amber Oaks Ranch. <clears throat> yeah, I just started, uh, but I've got uh, quite a few videos up there that not very entertaining, but certainly uh, educational. Hey, that's that. Some people just want the meat and potatoes, right? Yeah. They don't need all the the fluff. Gotcha. All right, like that Thank anarchist you. archive icon you got there for your. Your it was channel. supposed to be subtle. It was going to be like hush hush about it. <laughs> All right, uh, Jeremy. Um, I started. I'm, I'm giving. I'm um, giving my chickens Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm running. Uh, so I've had chickens since 2020. I had a flock before that years ago, but uh. I decided it was time to finally run power, water, and yes, Ethernet out to the coop. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm putting up some POE power power over Ethernet security cameras out there, so I can keep a check on them from inside. And the goal is actually to stream it to TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube because people will watch that stuff. They will. Yeah, yeah like like uh, Tim Pool and his Chicken City. I don't know that. 
But um, yeah. what's the uh, there's the guy that uh, Nate Nate Petrosky, I think his name. I can't remember how to he pronounce his last his, name. His, his, so he's got uh, his lawnmower. lawnmower. I see. He's got constant. He's got he's got a GPS driven lawnmower. They're like three thousand dollars, but he put a camera on it, and it just runs around and cuts grass all day. And there's like f- constantly five hundred people in that line. <laughs> How much lawn it's is the, he mowing? He has I think it's several acre. acres, but I okay. think that would just, just covers just, like a portion of his. But like, but like it's nonstop. Like I could, I mean, like I could probably pull it up right now, and he's probably going. Look, it is. I just saw right, it right now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Itself, yeah, itself. There he is. All right, charges. so you're gonna, you're gonna. Wow, it's running at night. It's got a headlight. Yeah, headlight. And, and, and people are watching this. Yeah, that yeah. this is worse uh, than watching other people play video games. There's 487, <laughs> 487 people, and they're watching this right now. I oh, like mowing the lawn so much. I want to watch other people like, mow the lawn. Except so I saw watching Pizza But so I saw that um, about a week ago, and I was like, huh. If people will watch a lawnmower, maybe they'll watch. Yeah. Chickens. Yeah, exactly. They will. There you go. And 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 like he, he even said, I don't know that you even, should be encouraging them. <laughs> you should tell them to get out and get a life. Do something. Well, yeah, or just harvest their time. You'll get clicks out of it. That's Jeremy if will. Gonna sit, if they're going to we'll, sit there on, we'll all on TikTok, types. if they're going to sit there on TikTok and watch videos, they're going to might as watch. well be yours. Might as well be chickens. Exactly. exactly. Right. So Nate even had put a video out that one day he made like two thousand dollars off of letting that that thing run for. <laughs> See, an that's afternoon. why Jeremy is doing that, John. Right. That's exactly now, why. Now, 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 will I put it? I, I did put my iPad out there one day just to test it, and I had anywhere from five to ten people in there at a time. So like, it's not a. Yeah, he's got millions of followers. Too, what you so got to do, Jeremy, is put a little. Uh, I got to start stone. somewhere. You got to put a little gravestone that says red on it. Then people watch. What you need to do is figure out how they can automatically feed your chickens through tips. Yeah. But there's a YouTube channel out there. Um, it does. He's ducks. built something like that built off of uh, raspberry pie. Yeah. But if people are paying women to watch to eat fake ice cream, I'm sure you could That's have right. it. Oh, real kernels of corn. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you're right, Drake. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, let's let's keep going. Uh, Grant. Um, I'll be back in a second. I, I, I'm sorry. Back up a second. I, I, I might have missed <laughs> something. So, so did you say that you can, like, remotely, like, feed your chickens and people would pay to allow feed that, to fall? Yeah. It is possible. Yes. I've seen people that yeah. do that. Well, I'll... I'll send you. There's a there's a there's a YouTube live that does it, and they do it with ducks, and they go through hundreds of pounds of food on these ducks a week. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to digress. That's right. I got to figure Grant. out how to make money. So, um, Grant, I go. started. I started school back last Monday. Um, so I'm back at I'm back in school, back on on that another semester under my belt, and uh, still waiting to hear back from the. The plot so we can get the the house appraised to see if we're going to be moving and getting more acreage or not and i got ducks yay nice i didn't i didn't want them but i didn't pay for them so <laughs> what kind you have them uh, you have them enclosed in ibc totes right no no i was given a i was given um a rack, another rabbit hutch, and I got them in that with a, a sizable like tote they can swim around in. Hmm. The tote got to be in there somewhere. 
Well, yep. it's not an IBC tote. It's just like a little mini storage tote. Totes of all shapes and materials. Shape sizes and materials. Nice. Uh, Drake, go ahead. I've been getting some free ducks uh, the last couple weeks too, but that's because I just keep having Muscovies come out of the woodwork with little fluff balls following them around. Uh, had a couple chicken broods show up in the last couple weeks too, but uh, yeah. Otherwise, no complaints this time of year. We just try to keep up. Nature sets the agenda, just steamrolling along. And uh, starting to feel like fall here. My guys are all sweltering. It was uh, uh, 82 degrees it peaked out today here. <laughs> A cool 82. Yeah. It was a hot nice. 82. I was sweating. But I won't complain to you guys. Hey, that's fine. It's all relative, right? Uh, We got a cat a couple days ago. And so I spent all day building a cat tower yesterday. Like, I, I made it way more elaborate than it needed to be. But the cat's happy. And the kids are happy. So that's all that matters. Is it a baby kitten? or No, it's three adult? years old. Let, let's take dibs on how long it takes for it to start ignoring that and start using your couch. <laughs> uh, it is it is outside. It is it was in the bathroom and it stunk like hell. And so I brought it outside. So that there will be no mutilation of the couch by a cat ever. <laughs> That's what you think. Uh, <laughs> it'll find its way inside. I'll, I'll, it'll be, I'll it'll just call Grant to take care of the cat. I don't want your cat. I don't want my cat. Take care of the cat. Oh, yeah, I'll do it. You're good. Yeah. You can do that remotely, okay. I hear. You want, to, <laughs> you want to make that lawnmower stream more people, exciting. People might pay for that. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to get a call from PETA. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. So point of no return. This is kind of this. Jeremy's Jeremy's idea is kind of like this, right? My this idea. is a form of entertainment. Like oh. being able to virtually like feed people or virtually feed chickens and then like get something in return. Like this is, this is weird. This is like weird form of entertainment. So like how, man, is also the, the point of no return. I guess let me back up. I guess depending on which way I point. For me, it's up here. Might be down here in the YouTube. Um, the V is an intentional Typo, because that's how the Romans used to spell it. And like, it's been like a meme. I don't know. Maybe Scott knows more about this than I do um, with like the Doomer Optimists or something. And like, we must return to like tradition and the way things were. Um, what You got any uh, anything to add on that, Scott? Yeah, I do. So it, it's funny because I'm interviewing the uh, Michael Thomas from the Catholic Land Movement on the podcast uh I've already interviewed him, but it comes out this week. And he's had a Twitter war with the DOs about, uh, can you have trad without religion? And <laughs> they got into yeah, a big old spat. That's a good point. It was pretty, it, I mean, it, it was it was brutal. Who won? <laughs> religion? I, I don't know. I think it was basically oh, okay. like, ah, ah, ah. You block, know? block, block. wins block. on the internet. No, they don't. That's true. No. Yeah. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was entertaining though. But I mean that's a good point. Can you can you have a tradition without religion? Yeah. Yes, you yeah, can. Dude's getting stuff done with his uh with his um chapters and everything else. I mean he's more organized than the freedom cell guys. I, I'm not familiar with uh with this. With uh what what's the, what's his operation? So 
he's in upstate New York and he's he's organized like pretty much the freedom sale model, except it's Catholic parishes. And okay. then they teach each other homesteading skills and stuff like that. And then they have a they have a regional conference and stuff like that. And they're organizing, but without all the, you know, the the prepper um, freedom cell stuff. Okay. Interesting. So in his case, it is about religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there okay. was some. Uh, and so basically what he said was there was this movement, Catholic land movement back in the 20s where, you know, some of the priests said you need to you need to uh, resist modernization and go back to the land. And so there's a series of essays by, you know, these leaders at that time. And uh, and so you've got this re you've got this trad calf revivalist thing going on with that movement. It's actually pretty hmm. interesting. So you guys talk about that in that episode that's coming out. Yeah, it comes out next Sunday. Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. You guys, we didn't, we didn't talk about the Dio war though. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> need some drama. Yeah, well, uh, can't be what, positive what solutions you if you piss off your host. Yeah, that's <laughs> or your guest. I guess, right? that, I guess that's true. Uh, what, what about the rest of you guys? What do you guys think? Tradition without religion possible? Yes. Or yes, because tradition why? is simply simply tradition. It's just something that your 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 dad did. Your grandpa did. Your great grandpa. It does not necessarily have to be religious in the strictest sense of the term. It, uh, tradition of America, though, is religious. So if you want to fall back into that, into into a specific kind of tradition, say, I like the tradition of America, then you've got to adopt a religious uh, perspective. Otherwise, it's just it's not classic America. That's my question, too, is like, OK, so if we're going to return to tradition, like what traditions like traditions yeah. of like just knowing how to do stuff and how like knowing how to fix our own things and right that well or just like knowledge tradition define tradition right yeah you got to define so are we talking about like cultural tradition because i think the fundamental question there would be then can you have culture without religion is there an example of culture without religion um and then and then each each culture has tradition and I don't know. I, I guess we need, to zero in. we need to zero in on exactly what we're talking about. I don't know if you could have culture without religion. Hmm. I mean, the lack of religion could be a culture, right? Yeah. But then it becomes a religion it in and of itself. It becomes a religion in and of itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also the longevity I mean, of that. I, I don't know the answer, um, but I would think that it's unlikely that you would have culture without religion. Uh, or yeah, yeah. Without there, I don't. I can't think of an example of a of a culture without religion. And a, a culture is not in itself a tradition. A, a tradition is the spread, as the handing down of culture from one generation to the next. So right. we have uh, cultures that have been uh, non-theistic, and sure, they don't really. Yeah, they, the spread just isn't there, right? Like if you think of uh, of spread like almost like a disease spread right like the ideas and cultures spread a similar way you have to have like what's the potency of that culture and religion kind of makes people cohere in a way that they don't otherwise because it's this religion in basic form is the subjugation of your personal morality for a greater morality that you've accepted like every every religion is about submission of some sort 
um, or else you're just an author of your own morality. It's, it's your religion, then you're a cult leader. So, um, <laughs> the, but but, so that, that, but it's still a religion, religion right? and of yeah. And, and then does the culture itself become the religion? Right? You said sacrificing yourself for the for the greater. Uh, sacrificing I, I your more yeah, but, your, your moral right, opinion. Right. So, right. so then, is that then you know the culture um, that you're trying to uh, propagate or, or uphold the values thereof? Um, and so, I guess we would need to define then too what is religion. Yeah, it's got to be metaphysical. I, I mean, yeah, religion has to be metaphysical or else it's to be. And even like the idea that, um, I don't know, just say like human life is valuable. That's a, meta, that's a metaphysical concept. It's actually not obvious to anybody. You have to have some higher power to tell you to do that. Now, if you have a culture that doesn't see that human life is being valuable, your chances of spreading that culture are very low. Your tradition dies out. That's why you have like, there used to be this, uh, when I was uh, in high school, this militant atheist movement, uh, and that kind of just died out. Um, after a generation, they don't really have the potency they used to. That's probably because they don't have social coherence. So like, whatever a culture or tradition is, it requires some social coherence. And it seems like people need this metaphysical beyond the materialistic motivation to be social. And being social is a surrendering of your, of your own interests for that of the group. It's to some extent, one way or another. All right, I think no. we can end on that. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> well. Interestingly, that's exact. You know, we talk about memes, but memes when it was first spawned was from Dawkins' book, and it was actually that kind of thing that you use to propagate and and convey your tradition from one generation or one group to the other in mimetic fashion, right? Mm -hmm. We should little pine farmer in here because he likes talking about that. He couldn't well, make it. That, He's got chores tonight. Or yeah, chores at yeah this, he talks about that all time, the time. Yeah. But it's yeah. like it's like we were talking about this with Cyprian not too long ago, and he was saying that, you know, it's it tradition is what worked and then you pass it on. It's like it's like uh homestead padres out foraging elephant's foot, right? Which is it's completely toxic except for the tuber. Right? So all these all these people are like eating part of the plant, but they know the rest of the plant is toxic. And if they, you know, like nixamalization or whatever they do to corn to, you know, in the Southwest to get the, the niacin out of it, they treat it with lime and the Hispanics do that and stuff. And, you know, how do you get that trial and error? Oh, well, he died. I guess we'll try it again with uh, Joe, right? And then you keep going until no one's dying anymore. And okay, this is pretty good. Let's write this down or let's pass this on verbally to the next generation. Right. Yeah. I, I've always wondered who's the guy that picked up a mushroom off of a pile of cow shit. And decided to <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that was really person. hungry. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why there's a lower end of the Gaussian IQ curve. Those people do have a use. And apparently it's finding out which foods you can eat and not eat. <laughs> As a kid who ate a lot of stuff, I shouldn't have. <laughs> so bringing back to culture versus tradition. So are we lacking the skills and knowledge because of the culture or because of the lack of tradition? Mm -hmm. I, can I can I jump in? Like, I'm I'm thinking uh, out loud here. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a tradition, that means you have to subjugate yourself to someone else. You have to say that the way my grandpa prepared elephant's foot was the way to do it, and I just trust him. I don't know how it works; it just does. And I'm in every generation has a tremendous amount of rebellion and doubt, especially in the United States 
against this previous generation. And uh, how can we possibly have any tradition to the Gen Z? I'm gonna. We'll say the Gen Z question. That's terrible. Um, the uh, the question of like the the later gen, this new generation. Like, can we subjugate our will to that of our ancestors? That's well. Can I'll we jump in and say this is, you know, I'm Gen Z. Uh, He's my more Gen Z than any of us. Our Gen Alpha, and and I'm thinking, okay, our traditions come from our grandparents, my great grandparents, my grandparent, well, my grandmother, last grandparent I have doesn't really even uphold the same traditions as her grandmother did at her age. She doesn't can preserve. She doesn't have a pantry. She has two cabinets worth of food and won't keep anything more in her house. So you kind of have to look at then that getting passed down to your Gen Xers, who are mostly the parents of the Gen Zs, boomers or parents of the millennials. You know, it's more so the parents having to instill that on their kids. And like you said, there's a lot of rebellion, but there's also that chain's been broken and you just can't really slap that back together. You know, you're not going to have a whole lot of gen, gen a alpha coming in and wanting to, to get up and pick into a lot of that stuff, especially early on when they're being tempted by such things as video games and social media to, to kind of return back. I'm going to push back on that a little bit though, because we're seeing a lot of the younger generation returning back to a homestead. Hmm um lifestyle not 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 mass it's still very not, cringe. Not, in, not in the masses but we're seeing a lot more of that and, and so to grant to your point i mean it could be an act of rebellion because and and it might the, the, the gen x the, and gen and and uh millennial and generations have, have gone to work and done all this stuff and so yet. they're gonna did they receive that as a tradition though is that like part of their traditional you know, or is or is rebellion tradition? Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I would say it's the so do we, pick, do we pick up like like in the global world that we're in, right? With the interconnected world that we're in, the traditions. I mean, you can pick up traditions from from other tribes, if you will, right? And I think I think there's a lot of cross pollination that goes on, and so people themselves intuit that something isn't right. They see something from another tradition and they think that 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 is something that they desire. Right. So I don't think it's traditional. I don't think it's traditional in the traditional sense in yeah. that it's not being yeah. given to you by your forebearers. Right. This is this is you're picking up a tradition that may be foreign to you. It's traditional, but it's not your tradition. It's almost like a, a misappropriation of a tradition. Not to say it's a bad thing, but. It's almost like each generation is trying to like reinvent the wheel from the generation before that or before Well, I mean, think, think about traditions before and how you would get them, right? And so basically, you know, people never really left their community. You were inside of, of a geographical space, inside of a, of a family space, multiple families, uh, multiple generations thereof, all geographically located. You had direct communication with. Now that's not the case, right? You, you're probably geographically dislocated from your parents, grandparents, and, and, and your great-grandparents you may not have even seen. Uh, so how do you receive these traditions? Uh, and I don't think that you do. I think you you adopt traditions that you are exposed to via social media, social, yep. you know, um, Hollywood, etc. Right. right. And so that are they is. even traditions or are they just fads? 
Well, you break that That's down further. Point. You have your family traditions, and then you have kind of what used to be tradition, and kind of picking that back up. What used to be tradition, being closer to the land, used to be very common. Now, you may not be able to have the same property your family had, or the same this any of the same knowledge they had in your specific region, but you you can kind of get back to what was tradition in the sense and overall aspect in time, you know, cause a lot of this small scale farming and homesteading kind of takes you back. just takes you back in time. I, I would think that the most consistent tradition that we have is our religious belief uh, because it's pretty well indoctrinated into you when you're, you know, less than 10 years old. Um, and then you kind of make that part of your being and you bring that forward. You may reject it or what have you. Um, but that's probably, I can't think of anything else that's passed down more than that. I mean, certainly our national identity isn't any longer, right? No. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, so what is tradition that you, that you get in the traditional sense? And the only thing I can think of is, you know, the religious beliefs of your parents that, uh, that you assume. The other thing that plays a role is living somewhat close by to where you were born. I can't remember the um, the statistic, but something like 80% of people die within 50 miles of where they were born, give or le- give or take. And so, like, I don't know if that's a totally like made up um, statistic, especially like within the last three years, people have just moved all over wherever they really wanted to go. But I mean, if you're, if you stay around your home base where you presumably have more family, that would also encourage further tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you cook on Christmas day, you know, mm-hmm. different, you know, candies that you yeah. make and, you know, cooking is another one of those things, right? Cause you're, you're inculcated with that, you know, when you're less than you know 10 years old, uh, you establish these patterns that you try to recreate as you get older to, you know, have those recollections of when you were a kid. Nostalgic. Um, yeah. Nostalgic. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think the thought of traditions, the first word that was coming to my mind when I was trying to wrestle with this idea of tradition is sort of ritual. And I, you know, I feel like, or we're getting away from traditions because like a lot of our rituals are not, you know, they're just eroding. A lot of things are done uh, sort of an imitation of ritual, but then food is one of those things where the cultures took on these rituals slash traditions, but for very real reasons for like, food preservation right like you followed the traditional recipe of how much salt to put in the barrel because that's how you didn't kill yourself or you you know you ate wasabi with your sushi because the you know might counteract the 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 raw fish and so then it seems like in this modern era all those things because our cultures are just mishmashing together and industrial foods and all these things like we're not there's no hard rules for why we should maintain strict rituals because, you know, yeah, yeah, we, can, all eat refrigerate. we all eat turkey on Thanksgiving, even though nobody really likes it. <laughs> no, <laughs> but now I want sushi, though, because we're talking about sushi. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting point, though. I mean, yeah, like all these the reasons why we've done all these things for years have just they had a they had a, a legitimate reason why they were done and now it's just well it's just the way that we've done it it's tradition mm-hmm. yeah so you've lost the message but you've still got the 
muscle memory to some extent, but, but when you lose the message, then it just, it becomes real sloppy potentially. And you lose, you you lose the information. And then next thing, you know, um, I, I'm reminded real quickly of his story when I, in uh, folks in Northern Minnesota, the Swedish or Norwegian, Norwegian culture up there. And they, uh, all in the, the upper Midwest, you know, they're eating lutefisk, uh, to sort of celebrate their culture. And then I, I once was at an interaction where sort of a Northern Minnesotan and then, a an actual, uh, Norwegian got together and the Norwegian was like, what the hell? We haven't eaten that stuff in 400 years. That's disgusting. That's like <laughs> only for when the crops fail. Why would you ever? Oh, that's so that? funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only for the crops fail. That's awesome. That's too funny. Well, can you pass down a tradition over social media? That's the big question I have. And I, I had to, so I went to a Danish uh, Christmas speaking of Norwegian isk. Um, and when I was a kid, when I was a, a, I had a Danish girlfriend, highly recommend, very tall and they're very beautiful. Um, and her family is very cohesive. And we, <laughs> they sang a Nula Nula again or whatever. Their, their language is just bar, bar, bar to me, but it was fun. We danced around the Christmas tree, the whole family, everybody, everybody made a fool of themselves. Everyone from grandma, who's like there during World War II, all the way down to a 14 year old girl who's on her cell phone the rest of the time. But they put down the cell phone, they danced around the tree to a Nula Nula again. And it's like, how would, and that made a big impression on me. Just the, the tactile feel. I can still remember the smell. I can remember the pudding that we had before. I remember the, the silly look on everyone's face as we all started laughing, you know, because it's a fun tradition. It was it was just as dumb back then, I'm sure. And that's why you do it. But how can you get that over social media? So much of it's washed out. It's like you're watching. A, it's yeah. like when the Native Americans think that I don't know if there's apocryphal or not, but they, you know, people think that if you took a picture of them, it would take their soul away or like there'd be. But there's no soul in any of a lot of this stuff. And people don't really like they're going to watch a, a lawnmower on live stream. And that's what it seems to have as much impression. A lawnmower as has watching. soul. Yeah. It's like, like all it's this got a name. Soul train. So I would I started, say it depends on context. It depends on what it is. If it's a if it's a method of farming or a method of growing, it can become tradition after you implement it and then pass that on. But most things now are so empty, like you've said. Nothing really has a soul anymore. People don't value anything anymore. Well, so as far as extremely consumerist or you're minimalist. As far as traditions being passed down over social media, though, I mean, like, like, think of like seed sharing. Like, I've gotten a bunch of followers that have sent me seeds that that they've grown on their family's homestead for twenty years. And now I have those seeds and like, I will save those seeds and grow them again next year. I don't know. That's tradition ish, I guess. Yeah, I would say, I would say so. You could do the, uh, the annual, do we like donuts seed swap? Yeah. Yeah. It's the the thing I like about seed swaps. The thing I like about seed swaps, there's you get together with a bunch of guys and all of a sudden they're like, they're like, wow. Oh my gosh, you got that? I'd really need to get that. I need to. I need to try that. You bring out some weird squash variety they've never seen before, or some nasturtium or something, and it's like they're little kids. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty funny. Specifically when that has seed, when that seed has years and years of growing story yeah. in your climate, oh, yeah. in your specific yeah. ego zone. And that's the key because the seeds have memory, and if exactly. You know, 
in 70 yeah, years, I I one of Jeremy's of followers. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> we, we, me and you have talked about that in, in Link. Sorry, in, uh, I cut you off. That's right. Uh, in 70 years, one of Jeremy's followers is going to have like a grandson. you like, Grandpa, why do we send seeds to this Dewey guy? What's his, like, where is <laughs> It's our tradition. That's Santa Claus. That's good. Santa is, yeah, Santa Dewey. Mr. Santa Dewey. Dewey. You have to send him a seed and you'll get uh, 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 <laughs> leave some seeds under your pillow or something <laughs> with some milk and cookies. Then right. donuts will show up. Yeah. <laughs> leave some donuts and you'll get some seeds. But do we like it's actually Homestead of Homestead of Pain? Uh, you, you do bring up actually a good point in that one of the weird traditions that might not be religious. So now I'm going to like go back against what I just said a little while ago because I'm pretty firm on the religion for tradition. But one of the traditions that does get passed down is, is um, uh, hobbies, which before was called apprenticeships. Like I've, I can relate to an 80-year-old engineer because we both work with radios or something. You know, we both... And if you go to a seed swap and you see someone who worked really hard to grow this seed, um, you get to see that they're competent. And you know, going back to like the subjugation of your own morale, your, like your own self, your own worth, and say like, no, this person, I'm just going to trust them. Uh, seeing older people be competent is actually is it has a huge impact on young people, especially if they're both interested in the same silly things. It could be RC cars, it could be seeds, homesteading, like for engineers. Um, like I talked to some of the engineers that were there uh, when von Braun was brought over in Operation Paperclip, and they would talk about like how all the German scientists would all click their heels when von Braun would enter the room. And just like, I was thinking like, man, I'm talking to a piece of history here. Like he's an old man. I would never think twice to talk to him, but he's passing down this information and now it's kind of part of me. And then like engineering, so I'm an engineer. Part of it is we, a lot of us trace our roots way back, like back to, uh, back to Cambridge University. Uh, with, hmm. and, and, and all this stuff. So these traditions, you can have a non-theistic tradition that is like competency-based. And I think to be uh, to, 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 to whistleblow the misogynist, I think men are really good about that. We really like to pass down competency uh, and we really almost idolize like and that's, heroes. And that's through brotherhood that we don't really have much of anymore. And seemingly in, in most media and shows and television is constantly attacked and belittled at every corner well another another point um kind of going off of what alex was saying is uh is like what you do for work could be a tradition so like i had this i had this tweet uh a week or two ago i don't remember it got a lot of that's stupid type of thing but it was something talking about like what your great grandfather did for work and there's a few people that said, like, I do what he did. And that was really cool to hear that they were following or like, you know, that they had that generational of craftsmanship, which you <laughs> rarely see these days, unless you're like in China or like somewhere in Asia or, you know, where they still do things the yeah. old way. If, if I would have followed in my dad and grandfather's footsteps, I would have been like third generation conventional machinist. And I, that was not in my wheelhouse. I've, there's three lays and like two, like four or five milling machines out in the garage. And like, they're there. I, there's all, my dad collects all the books going, but he has, I think, a machinist handbook from like the 1800s. I found for him on eBay. And, nice. Um, 
going oh. back oh. ages. And it seems like if I ever had to, he has enough knowledge stored that if I if if I ever felt like I wanted to take that up, I could get more of an education from those books than you can trade schools nowadays. Because now it's most of that's moved into CNC and automation. We we are having a competency crisis, so our our tradition of vocation is kind of falling apart a little bit. I'll point out, yeah. not not equal across geographic regions, I'm sure, um, but I see it even in engineering. Uh, gets, I I don't know how to fix that problem. Um, sorry to be a Debbie Downer. No, it was, I mean there's a a lot of problems here that there's no fix to, and I think when Matt asked us last you know last show afterwards um kind of the question was you know can we return to whatever normalcy that we had and i guess that and that goes to some of the things you said is like will we be able to regain that sense of competency in the trades and in knowledge and i don't think we will it only takes one person though to, to pass it on luckily just yeah, takes i mean not there's going to be like one last guy who knows how to and then, food. And then, it, and then it takes one generation to lose it. I I, um, I, I don't know. Uh, so with the, you know, with YouTube, et cetera, right? So is it tradition? Maybe, maybe it's not your tradition. Um, but I think, like I said earlier, you could pick up a whole lot of skills that aren't, you know, necessarily, you know, in your hereditary genes, if you will. Um, through things like YouTube, right? And so, yeah. you know, one guy goes out there and he puts together a video that shows this is how I do things. Uh, again, you can you can appropriate that and you can go about doing things that same way. And I think now with with social media, with with YouTube and, and other means of uh, electronic media, uh, there's more of an opportunity to do that more so now than there ever was. Before you had to join a guild and you had to apprentice yeah. for many, many years, and 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 then you you guarded that and you kept that, uh, and you didn't mm -hmm. share that, right? And so, uh, so now all of those barriers are broken down. I mean, how did you guys learn most everything you know? You didn't learn it from your family, did you? No, not at all. No, no. You went no, on YouTube. Not, yeah. You 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 basically learned. You're, you self taught. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent, yeah. I spent three YouTube years. I spent three years in books and on YouTube before I ever went into my horticulture science program and <laughs> the, uh, what we're being taught is, is nothing compared to what you so, so you appropriated somebody else's uh, tradition. Well, most of the people I even learned from learned it from, it's just like, it's become its own, you know, uh, the word escapes me, but it's just become, just a collection of knowledge there on YouTube, basically as an archive of a bunch of different methods from a bunch of different places. One of the people I first started watching was self-sufficient me. He's in Australia. Oh, yeah, that's great. He's in, a, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why I have 83 raised beds. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> he loves his I, raised beds. I mean, I'm yep. not, I'm not tilling in on a, on a Rocky mountain, but, uh, just even break ground. But most of his stuff, his tips were helpful. But you, you you very quickly outpace a lot of the casual um, content makers on YouTube because most the most yeah. of those tips will circle back and get repeated. That's true. And then and, and you then all, you have to find it elsewhere. 
I mean, and it does, this makes me think of where you can really see the, where tradition, with the lack of tradition actually falters though. And I'm thinking of one of my neighbors who's a great guy. He's about 10 minutes away that uh, he's listening he's, to this. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> he's, I mean, talk about uh, one of the original homesteaders, like, uh, you know, 30 year CSA farmer built every building on his farm. Oh yeah. Two, two houses, nice barns and stuff. But I've, and it, so I'm not taking away anything that he's done and he's just now into retirement. But uh, like I, I've interacted with some of his like last interns and they learn things from him after 30 years of experience. And then they've gone on to other farms and ran into migrant laborers that do things like 10 times faster. And they're like, holy cow, we learned from Ken, who's this God in the field. But he's just making like he didn't have the Internet or anything. Right. So he's doing all these things on his own and he's a smart guy. But. You know, he just, in this one example, didn't have efficiencies. Um, and so, you know, it's easy to be like, I'm doing it the way Ken did it. Because it's a, he's yeah, man. I, in the trenches and he's got the tradition. And it's actually not the best way. It's just the way he cobbled together, you know, when we put a, put the knowledge on a pedestal. But he's just one of us out here trying to figure it out. Yeah, iron sharpens iron on that for sure. I mean, if you look back at like scientific history, the invention of chemistry was like a dozen dudes. <laughs> And, well, and, they, Back and I would say degenerate, but there's some weird people. These are the, these are the kind of guys that would find out which mushrooms would work or not. Um, but like, <laughs> it's just pure uh, guess and test. People go through blood, sweat, tears, and they find the 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 five percent efficient method, and then they get eclipsed by people later. But they need to be eclipsed. I don't know. They're just it, it, even that them. isn't um, science itself isn't like traditional. It's not linear. Um, there, there's like revolutions or, and revelations that happen that break down all preconceived um, methods and, and ideas, right? And that's how we make uh, leaps and bounds. So if you look through like the, the you know evolution of science, there's you know they basically kind of go linear and then they spike up and there's this huge thing like the iPad or the iPhone, right? And, and things like that uh, are earth shattering and people think in a totally different way. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't even think that science and technology is, is there's really, uh, tradition slows you down. It, mm -hmm. it certainly can. The, the tradition is that I've been able to, to ebb out of engineering is, is in terms of your mindset and in terms of the way you think it's almost more philosophical tradition, right? Like if you, if you take a look at, um, some of the engineers that broke through, uh, a lot of them had a lot of reverence for those who came before them, even though they made the people who came before them completely irrelevant. Um, and like even Isaac Newton, you know, I stand on the shoulders of giants kind of thing. Uh, there's a certain reverence. The public sphere doesn't see this reverence at all. Like they don't see, they just see like, oh yeah, those old fogies, they didn't know what they were doing. Now we got iPads. But like the guys who invented, like Steve Wozniak, who, who helped found Apple and was the technology guy, he had probably had a ton of reverence for the engineers at Bell Labs or the engineers that were the very, like the vacuum tube guys. Uh, but they didn't bow down to tradition is my point. They were about innovation yeah. and progress, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the medium changed, but the, I think the mindset stays kind of like how the first people who worked with steel were a continuation of the people who worked with iron, who were a continuation of the people who worked with bronze, like your, your furnace, your ingredients, all this stuff has, has changed, but at the end of the day, we're all sitting in kind of the same cubicles we have been since probably the late 1800s. Well, but I, I mean, but you look at that Gen Z and like they're fundamentally oh, changing, yeah. you know, yeah. how we work. So there's progress right there. Well, they, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that because Gen Z is, it is progress? supposedly 
departing <laughs> it's progressive progressive right? you know what's forward i don't know I, yeah i guess but, but that's a really interesting is, point if you look at um, gen z you know they're kids my age and then you know alpha and then i don't even know what's after that there's there these these the, we're, we're still fresh we have no for the most part real world experience what are we reinventing all right. What are what what are we changing? I want I want to hit this real quick. So about, about the, the cubicles and Gen Z and changing the way that we work, working from home, working remotely, traveling the world. Like think about. So I work from home. I'm not I'm not Gen Z, but 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 I work from home, and, and in that environment, I can go back to the land a little bit. I can work from home. I can go out on my lunch break and do some things. I can. Mm-hmm work up until you know 7 30 in the morning i can get back out there you know 5 15 in the afternoon i can i have more time at home to 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 live off of the land of sorts so would that not it's progress so yes but it's millennials? also a return to tradition at the same time yeah it's it's yeah i would say it's a later millenn- well, just millennials I, because in i would say the gen z's are basically hustling everything has just become finding a hustle from you know, cutting yeah. grass, pressure washing, baking, you know, baking, really? baking food. All, it's just everything kind of seems to be finding a hustle instead of a job. It's, it's either that or watching people uh, mow their grass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, <I'm, laughs> it's either that. Way and, to bring it full circle. <laughs> and there's, there's still a lot of people who just do the normal teenage stuff, you know, get a job and then, you know, dilly dally around because nothing has consequence anymore. So I'm um, kind of curious. So back to Matt's question in his email, what is, what does life look like for or what does the future look like for generations beyond the zoomers hmm. i heard something on another podcast where in the, the one of like this guy's predictions was in the future women will not have to carry a baby anymore like they will just like they will like babies will be born in like bubbles or pods yeah. based and like, like the matrix basically like the yeah and so like so are people going to gravitate towards that or are they going <laughs> to gravitate towards tradition and carry the baby themselves listen, listen, i think you'll look. have a bifurcation i think you'll have both yeah yeah, will, yeah. there will I be agree with john on that one yeah i yeah i personally see more of a breakdown before we kind of get to that point of people wholly accepting which that in my opinion would be even bigger farmer than we have now because everything at that point from yeah. from conception to finish your how much money is that going to cost what is that what is it's that like, now going to it's cost? like brave new world right you had you, you have those people who you know enjoy soma and live in this society and then you have those that are outside of the society yeah. and the two have no interaction with one another whatsoever they, they actually don't even know that the other exists yeah i feel like that's where we're headed but but i do think that we'll have like just in that specific scenario, you would you would have both because the other thing that I would say about Gen Z and, and I would say generations to come after that is acceptance of everyone for everything that they believe and that they want to do. And so I think that there will be a, I would assume that there would be, you know, um, people will be more accepting of, well, you want to do it this way, then you can do it that way. That may be wrong. That or maybe there's going to be such an overreaction within the culture which I personally see around me of kind of disowning that of 
accept everybody, accept all of this because of where it's led. Yeah, I was thinking that. And then you look yeah. at the same time how they've put what they've pushed during the lockdowns. Yeah. You know, right, so with, sorry, with I, the I, pendulum swinging back. And then on top of that, pushing the 15 minute cities and all this stuff yeah. that's so restricting. I, I have a I question for you, young young dads. <laughs> what what are you going to how are you going to advise your children when pursuing a career? Right? This is something I struggle Don't. with 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 my boys. Um, <laughs> or, or even skills, right? It, it, it's like how what how do you guide them through their, you know, you know, 15 through 18, whatever, on, you know, what interests to pursue and, and how to make a living and, and how to how to raise a family, et cetera. Well, because you're, maybe, you're raising maybe a this kid is a, for... Maybe this is a topic for an entirely another discussion. Um, but if you haven't struggled with this concept, you will, if you have young kids, particularly young men. Um, and, and so, I, you know, scratch your head about that because this is... It's like you're trying to predict, you know, when you're when your great parent, great grandparents had this moment with their children, your your parents, right, or your grandparents, uh, it was pretty easy. It was it was there was very little options. There was a factory in town. There was, you know, you were a teacher or whatever. And and in the last, uh, you know, 50 years, in the last 20 years, society has changed quite a bit, quite rapidly. And I found myself not even knowing, like, what options were going to be there in ten years when my we're kids... raising kids for jobs that don't exist yet. Exactly. Yeah, and you're you're combating uh, artificial intelligence, or you're adopting artificial intelligence, uh, um, you know, automation, all of these things. You know, you got you to start thinking about this, and it's like, what role are your children going to play in tomorrow? That is a I'm good one. That we're with, gonna... my, uh, with my six, 15 and 17 year olds. <laughs> and uh, I, it's, it's been a blessing that they understand what they enjoy. And so my oldest, Dominic, he just loves writing programs. He's he's programming like, like daddy. And he's gone, he's gone on his own. He's hardly hit me up at all for any advice. He's like just gone into his own world. Is that learn to program, Although, learn to program, yeah. but do a manual labor as well. Learn how to to weld. Yeah, be an electrician. Yeah, well, he, he, I mean, with AI, I heard programming is a dead is a dead skill. I mean, basically, uh, eventually, you see eventually, what you want done, and it'll work. Yeah, that's it, it's not it's, quite that good. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, 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 it, but will it get there? Years, Ten years? <laughs> I I think it's a while. I think it's a while. But um, the answer, but. Another episode, Matt, right? Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, we could hit it back. Hit, hit back we'll, again. we'll vote on it after. after I think this would be a good one, though. It would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're predicting the future, right? We're, we're, we're coming up on time. What, uh, what do you guys want to wrap up on? I have a question if nobody else can think of anything. Go ahead. It's specifically to the farm engineer. Why do you not like chicken tractors? Efficiency. <laughs> okay. Efficiency. I, I, I joke around and call them cage free range. Um, okay. I took a look at them. I actually analyzed them. I went to build one and I was going through and looking at it and I was trying to see like, what is the advantage? What are the disadvantages? And for, so the, the chicken, tra I mean, this is another subject. Uh, chicken tractors, 
purport a couple of different benefits. Like, okay, can some people say it'll fertilize your land. Some people say it'll loosen it, like till it because they'll scratch it up. Uh, other people say that, you know, it gives them a nice uh, protection against uh, elements and all that stuff. Um, now, for specific stuff, like if you got a big hawk problem, yeah, I could, I could see some benefit to it for sure. But for the rest of that, I would use a machine or even just my own back. So I to, to study efficiency, that's what I did. I used to work in a factory. I would be the engineer who would make the factory efficient. Um, first thing you got to do is do it by hand. So you have a baseline and then you decide, okay, based on the amount of time I save, how much is that worth terms in terms of buying a tiller? Okay, to find out if it's worth it. Because you can spend a ton of money on stuff you don't need. Like I don't own a pickup truck because I can shove eight foot boards in the back of my uh, uh, Honda Fit and still make it work. It just isn't, the Delta cost just isn't there. <laughs> and it looks funny yeah. as heck. And I got them sticking out the back with a okay. hatchback. But, okay, like, I, I understand also... what you mean now. So yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. Pictures, are... pictures of you are all, all over social media with eight foot boards sitting <laughs> on the back of that car. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. Baby, baby, that the day. most efficient vehicle there is. I assume the boards are going to be more expensive than the car. That's what's going to happen. And then I'm just... <laughs> yeah. So sorry, your sorry, kind sorry. Of whole premise was people are people were using the chicken tractor for more than just what chicken tractors, in my opinion, are kind of made for is to move chickens in a confined space to raise out for butchering. Yeah, if you wanted to meet chickens outside, that would probably, I mean, I would probably just put them in a Quonsal hut and keep them in a confined area. Because you might as well put them in an air-conditioned building then. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if I, I do all my chickens outside. Factory efficiency, <laughs> then you might as well put them in a factory. Well, it depends on your cap, how much capital you want to expend on it, right? Because the factory yeah. environment costs money, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. So all of my chickens are just in a fixed coop, and I figured out that about 900 square feet of free range space is enough to keep them happy. And I just have a fixed area, and that way I can build pretty strong fences. I mean, if you have a hawk problem, I could see why you'd want a, a thing above you. Um, but if I want to raise chickens, that's how I do it. That way I can go out there. I've got a route that takes what kind of chickens? Are they uh, I've got Orpingtons, Bard Rocks. I've done Cornish Cross before. Um, I don't raise chickens for meat. Okay. Uh, so, so that, that, um, yeah, there's no reason to use chicken tractors with egg layers. Um, anyway. Okay. Yeah. That, that's kind of, when I first saw that, when you tweet that, I, I was like, I just had a, a problem. Well, nobody <laughs> said that. I've never heard anyone say that, by the way. Like, people, okay, it's not my problem with the chicken tractors. It's the fact that people think it does a million things that it's yeah, not for. It's, and that, and sometimes traditions have misinformation built into the tradition. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna hit this stuff this hard because I need to challenge you guys on it, right? ask you. I mean, you're not going to have a It's a misapplication of a technology. Yeah, because you're when not used use in, a chicken tractor to till, till pasture, but if you want to say use that in a regenerative space in like a market garden, you could have a really narrow, long chicken tractor you run through, you know, old crop to kind of freshen the bed and then replant. But using that for any mass change is very not likely. Unless well, I'd, have to, I'd have to quantify how much regeneration is going on. So I, I'm yeah, a big fan of doing soil samples and meat trying to find out like Meat birds and Cornish crush are not going to go away from the dish, even in the chicken tractor. They just sit there and they eat until their hearts explode and their legs break. So I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't find that. But we could wait for the chicken episode. But yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> a chicken duel. I'll put a video camera out with mine, and uh, I have Wi-Fi chicken, out there. Chicken TV. Yeah, you can return watch to tradition and build the coop. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap up, Christopher. 
Go ahead. Yeah, so speaking of chickens, I'm working on a coop door opener with phone notifications. And then after that, planning to expand across the backyard and all the uh, uh, the small uh, agricultural space with sensors. And hello, I'm, I'm way over here. There we go. Forget it. Yeah, and forget it. Anyway, so just hit me up on securecoop.com. There is a coupon on the mailing list and... Uh, there's an ebook and there's a coupon below so you can combine them together. I'm having it running a pre-sale because I'm still working on the kinks out of the prototype. And uh, I think um, I think I'm pretty close. I'm, I'm wrapping up the beta testing uh, of the software right now and the hardware uh, beta testing is next. And I don't think that's going to be a problem. So we'll see. But uh, getting close. Awesome. Thank you, Christopher. Yep. Alex, go ahead. And Chris, we should talk. Because uh, I'm an yes. embedded software engineer, so that'd be come on. I, I'm more I'm more interested in weather. That's been the biggest uh, uh, bugaboo for me. Yeah. Uh, for uh, for me on my side, I am working on a very large video. I'm probably going to become one of the YouTube creators that makes like an hour long video once every couple of months. That's how I'm going to do it. And it is it is a bit about making the tradition and documenting what has been working. And I encourage everyone to do that. And the more disagreement we have in this field, the better. I welcome it. It's good. Um, so keep an eye on my YouTube channel and have a blessed day. Awesome. Hang out for just a second. Uh, Scott. Yeah. Check out thrive in the future podcast. Um, this week we have, uh, like I said, Michael Thomas from uh, Catholic land movement on, um, also this week we have a thriving community call where we're talking about, what is your biggest challenge that you have right now? So if you'd like to join similar to this thing, go to thriveinthefuture.com and, uh, and sign up and you'll get a Zoom link. Grant and is I will live? be there. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm gonna be so there we've got the lineup. We've got, we've got Matt, Grant, Homestead Padre, and Perpend all on there. Okay. It's going to be fun. Thank you. And Thank you. Grant. I've been posting on TikTok again. Um, I've run out of ideas again. <laughs> I don't really have much to share. I have much to share. But yeah, I'll be here. And then there on Thursday. Um, Thank you for being here. Uh, Too busy with ABC totes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> Uh, do we like donuts, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, a uh, couple others out there somewhere that I don't pay any attention to, but yep. Chickens, gardening, homesteading, stuff. Stuff? I'll add, stuff. I'll add it to your banner next time. Stuff. Um, future streaming chicken feed. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Tip and feed a chicken. Yep. Yeah, but you can't you can't keep out. That's that's like version two. That's gonna be down the road. It's yeah. gotta be like black fly larva feed. You can't cheap out on them. Oh yeah, no, no. It's I could hey, here's the thing though. Uh um, mealworms. What's the uh what's the company? Grub Grub Terra? I guarantee uh, you I could get them to send me all kinds of stuff if I would cool. they'd, spon they'd sponsor the crap out of it too. Good. There you go. You just have a little logo on Hustling. your feeder. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. And John. Yep, John with Amber Oaks Ranch. We raise beef, pork, chicken, and lamb on pasture. Um, you can find me on uh, social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as YouTube. Where Remind people where you are. Uh, anything that says Amber Oaks Ranch, that's me. Austin, Texas. 
Oh yeah, location. Oh, <laughs> and reality. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, about an hour northeast of Boston. All right, good. Thank you, and Drake. Just, just want to say thank you guys for having me again, and really enjoyable conversation. And uh, just about time to be picking up nuts and starting your own tree nursery. So get out there and see what's falling from the trees. Yeah, Drake, Excellent. you're in Canada, right? I am. Yep, on the North Shore of Lake Erie, between right. uh, Toronto and Detroit. Yeah, like you were saying, it's about uh, ch- it's about chestnut time for you, right? Yeah, everything's looking good this year too. Chestnut, chestnut time, hazelnuts, it's all coming. Thanks, Drake. Thank you, guys. And where am I? There I am. Uh, Matt from HopLife.com. I do interviews, dispense forum, and I've been uh, starting a new series, uh, Famous Farmers. So check it out hmm. in your podcast feed. That's the twenty by twenty three project going. Don't ask. <laughs> That's that. That'll be my challenge for Thursday, right? All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for being here, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Next week, I don't know what we're talking about. We're gonna we're gonna next two weeks, whatever. We're gonna talk about it. Bye. I waved too. You just couldn't see.